Chapters One through Three of the Tale of Master Meadow Mouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Tale of Master Meadow Mouse by Arthur Scott Bailey. Chapter One: A Fat Little Fellow. Master Meadow Mouse was pudgy. His legs were so short, and his tail was so short, and his ears were so short, that he looked even fatter than he really was. And goodness knows he was plump enough, especially toward fall, when the corn was ripe. He lived in Farmer Brown's meadow, and he never harmed anybody, for Master Meadow Mouse was fat and good-natured. Friendly folk, such as Paddy Muskrat and Billy Woodchuck, liked him because he was good-natured. They always smiled pleasantly when they spoke of him, and unfriendly folk, such as Peter Mink and Tommy Fox, liked him because he was fat. When they mentioned him, they always grinned horribly and licked their lips. Now it was a pity that in Pleasant Valley, where Farmer Green's meadow lay, there were many of the fat-loving kind, not only Peter Mink and Tommy Fox, but Grumpy Weasel, Solomon Owl, Ferdinand Frog, Henry Hawk, and even Miss Kitty Cat were usually on the watch for Master Meadow Mouse. Naturally, he soon learned to be on the lookout for them, and if he hadn't seen them first, he would never have grown up to be Mr. Meadow Mouse. In spite of all those enemies, Master Meadow Mouse managed to enjoy life in Farmer Green's meadow. Usually he found plenty of seeds to eat. He liked to swim in Broad Brook and in winter, when the snow was deep, he made tunnels beneath it, and a nest, too, which was snug and warm under the thick white blanket that covered it. The only time Master Meadow Mouse was ever known to lose his temper was when Farmer Green mowed the meadow. Under the high grass, Master Meadow Mouse had been able to run about his well-beaten paths unseen by hawks. But with the grass cut and raked, leaving only naked stubble, he couldn't even hide from old Mr. Crow. It was no wonder that he agreed with Bobby Bobolink's wife. The Bobolink family were so upset by haying that they moved to Cedar Swamp at the very first clatter of the mowing machine. And when Master Meadow Mouse bade them good-bye, Mrs. Bobolink said to him, "'What a shame that Farmer Green should break up a happy home like ours!' And Master Meadow Mouse remarked that it was very careless of Farmer Green." "'He might have waited till the snow comes, at least, before cutting the grass,' said Master Meadow Mouse. "'You'd better move to Cedar Swamp with us,' Mrs. Bobolink suggested. "'It's a fine place, I know, for we lived there last fall.' But Master Meadow Mouse didn't want to move. "'The grass will grow again,' he explained. "'Farmer Green can't stop the grass from growing, no matter how often he cuts it.' And, of course, that was quite true." After haying, Master Meadow Mouse had to be more careful than ever. He knew that the hawks would scan the meadow many times a day in hopes of catching a glimpse of his reddish-brown back. Luckily he succeeded in dodging them, and he dodged a good many other fierce rascals long after winter, when its snows had descended on Pleasant Valley. Yet he never complained. He said that danger kept the days, and nights too, from being dull. CHAPTER Two. A PEEP AT THE WORLD What is the earliest thing you can remember? Master Meadow Mouse's earliest memory was of lying in a soft nest of dried grasses. Sometimes the nest was in inky darkness, 
and then it was night. Sometimes a shaft of light fell upon the nest through a round hole just above his head, and then it was daytime. That round hole went upwards, straight upwards, for about a foot, and when Master Meadow Mouse looked through it, he could see, on pleasant days, a patch of brilliant blue, which was a bit of sky. One day a desire seized him to touch that round blue spot. So when his mother was away, he crawled up through the hole. But when he reached the other end of it, he found, to his great surprise, that the blue disk was ever so much bigger than he thought it, and seemed further away than it had when he gazed at it through the round tunnel. All this was very puzzling, and he stood in the meadow near the mouth of the tunnel, peering around and wondering what this, that, and the other strange thing might be, for he saw many wonderful new sights. If his mother hadn't come home and found him out of the nest, there's no telling what would have happened to him. "'Get back!' she cried, pushing him towards the mouth of the tunnel, their doorway. "'It's a mercy Henry Hawk hasn't spied you!' Master Meadow Mouse hung back. He didn't want to be hurried away from the new world that he had just discovered. "'I don't see Henry Hawk,' he squeaked. Mrs. Meadow Mouse gave a sort of grunt. "'Humph!' "'You wouldn't know him if you saw him,' she retorted. "'Besides, he could see you long before you could see him, "'for his eyes are wonderfully keen.' "'Then she gave her son a poke that sent him into the tunnel "'and bouncing down upon the soft nest at the bottom of it. "'You stay there until I come home again,' she called. "'Do you want to go where your two brothers and your three sisters went?' "'Mrs. Meadow Mouse did not wait for her son's answer.' She went off again, and left him to ponder over her question. Master Meadow Mouse decided to mind his mother, although he didn't know what had become of his squirming companions, who had already begun to crowd the nest. Somehow his mother's query carried something of a threat. He wondered if the mysterious Henry Hawk had had anything to do with the vanishing of the rest of the children. Master Meadow Mouse proved to be a hearty eater, and since he no longer had to share with others the food that his mother brought home to him, he grew fast. It wasn't long before Mrs. Meadow Mouse took him above ground with her and let him play near home. She taught him many things, how to find ripe seeds to eat, how to keep still as a mouse and not squeak when there was danger of any kind, and how to dodge into their tunnel when there was a need. Little by little, Master Meadow Mouse wandered further from his own dooryard, and he began to think that his mother was too careful. There seemed to be no need of heeding all her warnings. Then came the day when he met the kitten from the farmhouse. CHAPTER Three: THE KITTEN Master Meadow Mouse had rambled about the meadow without paying much heed to safety although he still seemed to listen politely whenever his mother gave him a lecture on dangerous birds or beasts. Half the time he didn't know what she was saying. He had decided that her fears were foolish. He was sure that nothing could harm him. He was thinking that very thought one day, when he came face to face suddenly with a huge furry creature. At least, the stranger seemed terribly big in the eye of Master Meadow Mouse, though it was only a kitten, belonging to Miss Kitty Cat, who lived at Farmer Green's house. Like Master Meadow Mouse, the kitten was exploring the meadow. To her, as to him, it was a new world. It would be hard to say which of the two was the more surprised. 
Oh, Master Meadow Mouse squeaked right out loud. I, I, I wish I'd stayed at home. Ho, the kitten mewed. I'm glad I came a-hunting. The kitten sprang at Master Meadow Mouse, but when he didn't run, she stopped in her tracks and stared at him. She had expected him to flee, as the mice at the farmhouse always did whenever a body met them. "'What's the matter with you?' the kitten asked him. "'Don't you know that you ought to run when I jump at you?' Master Meadow Mouse made no reply. How could he know that the mice at the farmhouse were ever so much spryer than he was, and that they always trusted to their legs to get them out of harm's way? His family had always done differently, unless there was a hole nearby, big enough for them, but too small for a pursuer. They had ever stood their ground when attacked, and fought while they could. Master Meadow Mouse knew no other way. It was something that had been handed down to him, along with his short tail and his reddish-brown back. Somehow, as she stood and gazed at Master Meadow Mouse, the kitten thought he was growing bigger every moment. She began to feel uneasy about pouncing on him. It was one thing to clap a paw down on the back of somebody that was running away from her, and it was an entirely different matter to seize a person that didn't try to escape but faced her almost boldly. "'Hunting isn't so much fun as I expected,' she muttered. For a moment or two she was tempted to scamper back to the farmhouse, and then she thought how pleased her mother would be if she brought that fat fellow home in her mouth and laid him at her mother's feet. How pleased and how proud! To help her courage, the kitten began to lash her tail jerking it from side to side, as she had seen her mother move her own, and she crouched her chubby body lower in the grass. Then the kitten jumped, and the moment she was within his reach, Master Meadow Mouse gave her a smart nip on the nose with his sharp little teeth. The kitten squalled, and she backed hastily away. "'You'd better run,' she advised Master Meadow Mouse. "'I shall not give you another chance.' but he stood fast, and the kitten didn't give him another chance, either to run from her or to bite her nose again. She fell into a sudden panic and bounded awkwardly away toward the farmhouse. And then Master Meadow Mouse ran. He ran home as fast as he could go. End of chapters 1 through 3